Hello and welcome to the third installment of the Spartan Race Fantasy Draft. I am very, very excited. I am here, Bracken Crocker's here, Jack Bowers here, and we're going to do a deep dive on the West Virginia Spartan Race. And while we do that, we're going to draft teams for ourselves and we're going to compete because since we're not going to be racing, we're just going to compete doing this fake thing, this fantasy thing that we're doing. But for real, this has been a blast. I really appreciate the feedback coming from you, the listeners. If this is the first time tuning in, we'll go do a deep dive on the rules and what's actually going on and what we're all talking about. So in the episode, expect to hear a recap of the Asheville race. We'll talk about things that stood out to us on the men's and women's side. We talk about the broadcast a little bit. We talk about the course for West Virginia and what to expect there, what kind of athletes could do well there. Then we get into the draft and we go deep. We talk about 30 plus different athletes. 10 rounds, plus a wild card, a lot of good stuff. Hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. All right. We are back. Fantasy Draft installment number three. A lot of shifting in the standings, which we will go over. We'll go over everything. But first, I must say hello. Jack Bauer, how are you doing today? I'm back. I'm, I'm here to take back first place on my own. I'm, I don't want to be tied for first, like my name says. He didn't sharing. say, what are your plans and your mindset? He said, how are you doing today, Jack? And you jump it? right in with trash talk. All right. I'm doing great, Rich. And I'm excited to be on the air with Bracken, who had a really good episode of The Running Public earlier, and Rich, <laughs> who just got back from Colorado, which is a great place. Feels great. Bracken, how are you? I, I, I didn't listen to the episode yet. I heard it's great. I heard there was analogies that were fantastic. I'm doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me on today. Awesome. Great direct answer. Yeah. That was perfect. Answered the question appropriately. So we are back in action. This is, like I said, the third installment. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about some of the takeaways that we had from the previous event in Asheville and just kind of overview of like the, the performances that we saw and some of the things that we're going to, that, that are kind of on our minds for that. So why don't we just dive into that and then we'll talk about the, the draft itself, some of the rules, and we'll go over everything and then we'll give you like a big, bigger, broad uh, preview toward the end there. So Bracken, did you would you watch the Asheville coverage? Oh yeah, multiple times. Multiple times. What was your takeaway? What was your takeaways on the female side? Uh, it was the coming out or reaff- reaffirmation party for Annie Doobie. That's that's my only takeaway from that race is that Annie is here to stay. That was one of the most exciting. Like I was so excited watching. That. I mean, we were talking about just before on, but like the ORM coverage had it, and like I was watching it through Athlinks and her being in the lead going into helix i was losing my mind i was so excited um just the personal connection i have with her and also because that would have been huge fantasy points on my end so uh just like the nfl (laughs) exactly win wins so yeah that was an interesting race for sure i mean annie definitely didn't show any any fear in the race right went out right with it i mean uh emma cook clark being like taking it out the way that she did was an interesting wrinkle because it kind of put the rest of the fields on the ropes like do we engage with this or do we just play it out and just assume that she will you know falter down the road like how many fast runners have before but it seemed like Lindsay kind of held back as well do you think that was like part of her strategy going into that to just kind of sit back and wait she does that often though and if i'm not mistaken annie ran a clean race and Lindsay had two obstacle failures so it wasn't necessarily that Lindsay was like holding back. It was kind of now I have to catch up. Now I have to catch well, up. Well, when she was missing those obstacles, 
like they were together. There was no part like, and there was place for Lindsay to like engage in that race ahead of her, which she did in Utah a little bit more when Renee went out, mm-hmm. like Lindsay went with her and left the rest of the field and it was over. Right. After That's Renee. True. And, but in this, like she didn't like they were on um, Olympus together, which was what about two miles into the race at that point. Yeah. So it seemed like that Lindsay just wanted to hold back what Annie made it to the, made it like that she really had to work for it. I've recently rewatched all the Spartan coverages going back to the dawn of time. So I've been doing a decent amount of extra volume work and that's Lindsay's MO. I I feel like I watched prior to Asheville. I watched that race 15 other times. She always at the start of the race is trailing the lead few and then just moves her way up. She goes out at a fast pace, much faster than the rest of the field, but not the top end field. She lets, she's never, sitting on Nicole's shoulder hundred meters in or phase or whoever goes out strong. She's always in like second through fifth for the first quarter to half mile other than mountain races. In in your historical research that you were doing, mm, was it, yes. was it cause this, the, her missing obstacles like kind of, kind of bitter, right? Like, and she almost lost the race because she didn't give herself any cushion for that. Did that, has that happened to her in the past where, something happens during the race and that she's might be saving it and then gets herself. She actually has, I don't know if you're ever comfortable with it, but she's perfected coming from behind. I, I, there was in Asheville, her hair got stuck in the barbed wire after Mm -hmm. missing her spear for like, she had like a half in there. Yeah. She was stuck forever. And she stared across the finish line five miles later, having caught everyone just in the last mile or two on the descents. And there's been a few races where she's done this, and so she's comfortable. I, we interviewed Annie right after this race. We just, I needed to hear from her because her race was so inspiring. And she talked that she had never been in that position before. The race, the, the, the lead was given to her. She didn't take it. It was just given to her because people dropped and, and failed obstacles. And she had to learn on the fly, whereas Lindsay was someplace she'd been many, many times before. True. And what's, what's interesting about Annie on that point, I don't know if this is the case forever, but like, and I did listen to that episode. Excellent episode, Bracken. Nice job. Kirk too. If you're listening, great, great. great job. She was amazing. Yeah. But, um, I think that may have been the first time she was winning a race like that in her life, like high school, like mm. at all. She's never been the person to be, to, to run from the front and just like, right. Take over a race. So that may have been the first time ever, not just an OCR. An OCR front running is different from front running any other race. Every other race, you can feel the pace to some extent. And if you can't, you can look at your watch mm-hmm. and you can check mile markers. OCR, you have no clue once you're in the lead and you haven't been there and you have all these different things firing through your body and your mind, you can't feel the pace at all. And you're never sure, am I working hard enough, too hard, not hard? At, I, it's just like you're stuck in this spot of should I be pushing hard or should I be saving or is this right? Yeah. Just think of like road running, you know, the difference or in tracks, you know, the difference between a 75 and a 77. If you're in the middle of a race, like that's only two seconds here. It's like you fail an obstacle and you just lost 90 seconds or something. And it's like all that work for nothing. Just, you can lose it in a second. And all the energy it takes to like whatever penalty they have in place. That's yes. what's so hard. Not just about like the racing, but the training for OCR as well, because like, you know, you want to develop energy systems and snap, but it needs to be raced at like rate of perceived exertion. So you yeah. kind of have an idea of where you're at, but that's a whole different, that's a whole uh, different podcast. Yeah. I have a question for you too. You mentioned it earlier with Annie being in the lead at Helix and then losing her Helix was the last obstacle. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And then it was a 400 meter dash to the finish. 
I thought that was so awesome. I think like an unobstructed, not go up a hill, down it. This is on flat ground. Who's got the most guts for this last 400? And look what happened. Like Lindsay overtook her at the end. Um, I think Annie misjudged it a little bit. But I think finishes like that will be so exciting instead of just, oh, now we have just our standard rig that most people are going to go over. They slow down heading into it. I, I would love to see more just sprint finishes. Fully agree. I think that was like the best part about that course. I think they should do that for every single course. And it will let people let the gas tank out and said, yeah, you go over A-frame cargo, you finish, and you're like, you've gotten your breath back. And like yeah. you walk across the line. I would love to see that no matter what. Logistically, would it be that difficult? No. Even if you run them in like a horseshoe shape or something like that, you yeah, can do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. I pitched yeah. this to Spartan six years ago that all finish lines should be at the opposite end of the festival grounds. You come in, you do your little gauntlet, and then you ring the festival ground to the finish, and everyone oh. could watch it. And so every single finish line could have the same 100 to 300 meter, whatever you wanted, finish because the festival ground itself, the perimeter is always flat. And, and it, OCR is horrible to watch in person. And that would yes. be really great to see at least a little bit of what that of what's happening in the race. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it doesn't take away from anything like the Ryan Woods versus Atkins finish during the trust gate or would have been better. Saying, or, yeah. yeah it would have um, been better. Yeah. I, yeah. What did Spartan say, Bracken? I don't know. It was, you never know who's listening, even when you're in meetings or calls. I mean, this was a long time ago. The people that were in the call probably aren't, other than Cobalt, probably aren't even there anymore. Did you have to like write it out and put it in a suggestion box or something? Like, <laughs> it was a verbal suggestion box. Yeah, definitely. But no, um, I love it. I agree. It, it made, think about it. It changed the finish. Annie would have won that race. Look on the it men's was, side. Yeah. Do you see how many lead changes there? Chris Brown. He made a good move on Helix, and then just Brian Kempson made up a little bit of ground, finished in fourth ahead of Ackett. There were a bunch of lead changes there, but obviously the the Annie Lindsay battle was the best one of the day. But it also happened at the top of the men's field as well. Otherwise, Kirk, oh, go ahead. I said I was going to say Kirk unleashed a massive kick. Yep, I'm going. But yeah, that's so that flip points for you didn't help you except for your co-host. Right. But like, but otherwise, the OCR kick has to happen a mile out. Mm-hmm. Because you can't sprint into the final gauntlet or you might screw something up. So you just have to kind of grind from a mile out. And then you just finish your last obstacle and you step over the finish line. This brought the racing portion of the end of the race back where you could blow out the tubes after the final obstacle. Usually there's no chance to ever blow out the tubes fully because you're either gearing up for one last tricky obstacle or it's over. I hope this is something that they are actually putting thought into because when I did the race here at that uh, same venue in... 2019 that wasn't what the finish was like so you think they just did that to finish it in a specific area or maybe they're playing around with it maybe they were watching the olympics and triathlon and everything and saw that there's this vast painted out finishing shoot and all attentions there that's my hope is that yep. they 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 intentionally want to do that and west virginia is set up to have that happen Oh, yeah. I feel like most of the time things happen on accident with them. Uh, so hoping the intentionality is there for. Let's hope it accidentally for. happens every time. So. Jack, did you have any takeaways on the women's on the women's side of things? I can't disagree with anything you said about Annie. She's the real deal. Um, I was impressed with Rose and Alex um, and Emma Clark's going to there. Emma Cook Clark is going to be very dangerous once she figures things out. Yeah, you're talking about just the field, not in this race, because Rose wasn't. Yeah, Rose, yeah, just just for the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, Rose would have done Rose. well. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, this would I, I confused her with Utah for, for there, but yeah, Rose 
hundred percent in a flat course like that, that would have been a really good battle. You just want to yeah. talk about Utah again. Cause that's the one that you won. So like, Oh, remember Utah when I had no, such a good no, team. No, I, I think Asheville was a fantastic race from a viewer perspective. And, and I know that we talked about it a lot there, but I think the one other thing that a 400 meter sprint or something along extended, just uninterrupted sprint at the end would do a lot of people complain that they don't sell out at the end of a race. It's like, if you have 300, 400 to go, good luck holding that back. If like you're in a real battle, that's going to hurt so much. Yeah. And that might be part of the reason why people feel that way. And I, I think about that with my own races sometimes too. Yeah. Cause you cross and you're like, all right, I'm, I just finished. Doesn't feel like I sold out, but yeah. I agree with you, Jack. Like you can run a 400 fresh yeah, and, yeah. Feel, and feel like you sold out. Yeah. Um, all right. How about on the men's side, Jack, what were your, some of your takeaways on the, the men's side of the, of the race in Asheville? I, I think the most impressive performance was actually Mark Batras, uh with his flight delays and getting in at like 12 o'clock. And then he had to rent a separate car. He ended up getting to wherever he was staying at like 2 AM, woke up at five. So on three hours of sleep, he got third place. That's crazy. With, with a whole day plus of travel issues, in a really deep field. I was, we knew that this, any flat fast running course would definitely suit his, uh, his skill set. But the fact that he was able to do that with, with such terrible circumstances and not having any excuses, he could have easily just been like, ah, I had a rough day. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with 10th. Uh, you know, I'll just make up an excuse that I was super tired and had a rough day of travel, but he showed up and performed. So I was super impressed by him. And he mentioned his mentality kind of leading into it. And that's what kind of really kind of carried him through. His fitness is always going to be, you know, top three, top five in any field that he's in. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that I mean, that's a huge sign. Like if he's able to kind of come away and like really feel confident, that's like he might be he might be here to, to stay <laughs> like not that he's not. But like yeah. and you were right. That was his second podium finish. Right. Yeah. You were Chicago. right. Right ish. Right. ish. You said second, but it was third. I know. I know. He was like two seconds behind BJ that other time. But that's fine. I at least knew that he was on before. You did. Yeah. Bracken, what were some of your takeaways? <clears throat> I guess that VJ is who we thought he was, and Chris Brown continually is not exactly who we think he is. <laughs> the, I mean, I didn't know he had those wheels. I, I told he was more you, of a mountain guy. I told you he did it, in he Seattle. He like in that race in Seattle, he I, kept I catching me on the flat. I knew he was legit, but yeah. he can really run. I mean, he's been a, he was a collegiate runner and he's, he's, his yeah. background, he started in track and cross country and things like that. So, I mean, like to ha- like even in, in OCR, like the, like the bar for what wheels would be in terms of a runner is not that high. Right. So like he's, he's definitely able to run with yeah. us. And the way he ran that race though was Just guts guts man taking it out that way and without having run a race in a long time i was really impressed and being able to hang on well the first and we recently did a interview with him too right after um that he and annie were back to back which was a cool people to chat with but i told him on there my first introduction to him was aaron newell said look out for this guy in the ultra you're trying to run in tahoe so i looked him up and the the most recent result i saw was a a road mile and he ran 419 what? Yeah, he said it was a slightly downhill mile. And so I thought he was a speed guy. And then it turns out I found out he's a mountain guy, but he also has <laughs> speed. So he also, he said he ran a, a crazy downhill mile and ran 351. <laughs> but <laughs> but even even to have the ability to run a 351 on a super steep course. It was like 15%. Like, yeah, like he, said how- he said the whole way. He said he came through the 400 at 50 or something like that. <laughs> and and oh his art legs already felt like they were moving too fast for him. So even to be able to do that means you've got some turnover. 
Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. that in Palmerton one time. We was screaming down a hill in training and did like 408 in a mile. And I was like, PR, count it. But that's that's that's, that's a tough moving. place to do a 408. No, yeah, whatever. Um, so but yeah, because the way Chris Brown ran him and he and he's just a, he's just a good runner, and that's who that's kind of what the ultra runners are like with the echelon of, of ultra runner is there's not they're not necessarily all slow grinded out to people like you know we saw what um jim walmsley did even at the olympic trials right what he ran like 214 at that just on that day like Mm -hmm. these ultra runners now they're just the most talented runners that can just do the most volume and want to train that way so and and chris is one of those guys now he like has a little bit of grip strength and and he's pretty good one other takeaway that I'd say, um, I think the super distance is super entertaining to watch. I know West Virginia is going to be a beast. I've rewatched some of the old races, and they're great to watch. But just the time gaps that you see in supers, it, it's so close. Mm-hmm. And you see all these lead changes, and you have to be perfect. And I just think that you know that 45, 50 minute for the top racers, um, that was a fantastic distance for for viewing and Mm -hmm. you know you can it's less than an hour for each race if you want to watch them in full and i thought i was very impressed it's the meeting ground the speedsters can't run away the entire time and it's the it's short enough that the long guy i mean long enough that the long guys can hang and short enough that they get to rip it up it's just the perfect meeting ground it's i'll i'll die on this hill that that should be the world championship distance Mm -hmm. you want to find the best overall yep such a compelling race it's like the olympic triathlon Right, that's the distance they settled on. It's kind of fits right Not in the middle there. No, exactly. Right. And that was kind of the same along lines of, of my takeaways for that. It was just that like you got to be almost perfect to even be in the top ten on the, the men's top side. Top fourteen, top thirteen men, hundred were all perfect. So it just comes down to shaving a second or two here, saving a second or two there, and that's what you know dictates the lead. Yeah, the really strong, really strong field. I mean, like that, that was that was some good OCR. Some good OCR out there. At that. It was a great predictor for West Virginia because it showed the power of of, of hill running versus mountain climbing. Mm. Mountain running, where you just climb from the start, is just about engine. The biggest capacity is just going to be able to stay at that high end, just below their their redlining and hold there. But these hills in in Asheville, quote unquote Asheville, were second half hills and they were steep and they were short and they decimated people. Same people that could climb for hours at altitude were decimated after they had to run five flat for a few miles and then try to run up a hill. And that broken style of hill running versus mountain grinding was highlighted. And West Virginia is broken style hill running. Yeah. Like gain 4,000 feet, but it's not too much at a time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point because those, those, and those type of hills, like, yeah, you can't just settle into that pace that you know is going to get you to the top of a mountain. You have right. to really power through it. I actually think Chris Brown made – I did not listen to the episode with Chris. So you might he might have talked about it with oh, this. He's one of my yeah. favorite personalities in the sport. I thought he was – He's great. He's hilarious. I've, I've had him on the podcast too. He's, he's great to talk to. But um, uh, I think Mark Audette said he was like kind of in the trail pack there and he saw like that group of what I guess it would have been four – Mm-hmm. Um, that was behind VJ and and Chris was in the back before that last hill that came up uh, when you before I got to like Atlas and that final final gauntlet, and Chris was in the back and then he just made his move and jumped and jumped all the way to the front of yeah. that pack there. Um, so like he can do it both. He's a versatile runner, man, and he's a powerful runner. When he runs uphill, he's powering uphill. He's springing uphill. He's not just gliding. 
And I think there's some there's something to be said about being able to shift gears and that guy can shift gears. He doesn't have to lock into third gear and hold it all day long. He can he can mm-hmm. rev up and down and up and down. And that's a skill that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, he's just been doing it a long time. He's just a the talented, run, like a skillful runner, you know, that you yeah. might not think would be a thing, but he he is that. Um, he's all, I also pointed out he's the uh, the true OG of OCR. He's the only person from 2010 who's still racing uh and he yeah. got a podium back then hilarious photo he looks like he is 14 no, no, no. that old. was that was a 2012 one with Brad oh really that. yeah that was 2012 yeah. when no, i saw with him. him and like hobie and hunter yeah. or something hunter, that's like a that. 2012 one. Oh, that's i took fourth that day oh just out of the podium just out of that photo yeah. i watched him run in that stupid wrestling singlet all day long <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so what we think about the broadcast on the spartan end of things I thought it was an improvement. Yeah, it was definitely better. You can't say it wasn't better. It was, and they caught the better. race. Yeah, that's the biggest part. They caught the race and that finish. They caught all the finishes. It you missed the middle chunk, which is unfortunate. But you yeah. saw the beginning and you saw the ending. You saw a bit of the middle. You saw what happened in the race and everything made sense and it got you pumped up to run. So I, I'll give them an extremely improved grade. For grading on a scale, I like if 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 this is if if we are sliding our scale over a little bit, I would give them an A for that coverage. If we're if we're putting it against Olympic coverage, obviously not, but it's a different scale we're using. Yeah, I would not be different curve. to show it to non OCR friends. So I guess I'll put it there. If That's where trying, if I was trying to show them, here's what I do, they might be interested if they actually like fitness and Saw Where, that coverage. Where's that grade then? Is it a C is and below no, is when you wouldn't show probably, your friends or B and below you wouldn't show your friends? Where where because that should be probably, probably C and below. C and C below. And below um, I wouldn't do it. Uh, th- this was good coverage. I it wasn't the best, like, but I, I think you saw the race develop. You saw packs, which gives you a hint at like where people are relative throughout the race instead of just sticking to a couple people the whole time. Um, which obviously you want to show the leaders. That's typically what happens in whether it's track or marathon running, triathlon, whatever, but it was good to kind of see how people stacked up with a little bit of a timeline on the course. Yeah. And it's just like, it definitely an improvement over, over Utah. Um, and like Magida did a little bit more explaining what was happening during the race. And like, he was definitely more present to like guide people through it. And at a point it's like, yeah, this is like probably as good as Spartan's going to do. We can't expect Olympic coverage anymore. It's just like, this is what we got. So yeah. I was harsh on them after Utah and they, I'll be complimentary after this one that they did a much better job. Yeah. And I still like the way that they split the men's and women's out. Like it just, you know, giving each one its own thing. So I was for it. I liked it a lot more. If you watched last year's West Virginia, um, basically they do the whole 15 minutes later. Now we're going to start the women and they shift between. I like having separate ones so you can actually pay attention to the women the entire time and see what happens instead of, losing half the race for both genders. Yeah. And for the live stream, because I've been a part of it on that end, it was useful to have the women going during the men because when inevitably you ran out of coverage, you could just switch to women, Mm. but you knew it was there and it was a crutch. It was a filler. So you might, or vice versa, you might lose 40 straight minutes of the women because you can't find them or "Ah, it's not worth it. We'll just track the men because we have something on screen. And so for the production booth, they're happy if there's something on screen. And if you have a different race to switch to, they can kind of coast on that. And so I like separating it out. You're, you're mandated then to get both races fully covered. 
Right. And the cut, they're able to cut it and it's like, you know, you catch the shorter pieces. So yeah. I'm, I'm for that. Um, so nice job, Spartan. Good work. Yeah. Good work. Good work. Yeah. Um, choose to fill for West Virginia. So let's talk about that a little bit before we get into the draft itself. I want to talk about this course a little bit to just kind of lay out like what some of our mindset would be around the people that we are inevitably, inevitably going to draft and, and Bracken, you said it was a good preview. And I agree. Cause like the weather is going to be pretty similar between the two places, maybe a little bit cooler, but like the humidity is still going to be there. So let's just talk about this course. Cause I've run it in 2019 and 2017 Bracken. You were out there in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Jack, have you not done West Virginia? I, I was, I almost did it in 2019, but I had a date conflict that weekend. I have not okay. gone out there. Well, we'll I'm almost use you Virginia. for some information here. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm um, just going to stay silent on this part. Great. Um, so Bracken, with this course in general, like how, like what kind of athlete do you think is, is best suited for a cor- course like this? Like generally speaking, I think it's the well-rounded grinder. I, I think there are two types of beast distance courses in OCR. The first is the one that you cannot blow up too early because you'll just get spit out. And I see that as a Tahoe, a Killington, things like that, where you do things for a long extended period, you have to stay within yourself. We saw that most years, the person at the top of the mountain doesn't win Tahoe unless Mm -hmm. the spear throw happens before the top of the mountain, because there's a lot of back half maneuvering in the West Virginia. That's the other side, which is you have to get out early and people get away because you're never doing something for so long that you can over rev in one area Like my flat running might be a little shot, but I get to go downhill for a bit and then uphill for a bit and then swim. And now I can run, now I'm recovered enough to run flat. And you kind of just, just bounce between different modalities, which doesn't make sense, but it somehow it always happens. We've seen Ryan Kent there get away one year with Killian, just gone and they were gone and he held on the whole time. And each year people just get away. I mean, that's what in 2019, that's what happened in the woods too. Like he just kind of drifted off and then that was kind of the race early in it as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's a great way to put it. It doesn't need to be well-rounded. I think this course is fair. That's how I would just, yes. it's the most fair course in all of OCR that I've been to any, and any of the championship courses. Like it has a lot for, for everyone there. So um, what, yeah. So you do need to have a little bit of it all. So yeah, I was going to say like, what would be- to- yeah, there. Are you I guys able it. to see my screen real quick? Yeah, I can add it. Okay, because I've I've actually got the the course maps real quick. Just if you guys wanted to talk about kind of where stuff changed, if you remembered, here are the elevation oh, profiles from the past. I was going to say, years, wow, so. how did you get this? I think the course was almost identical between these two years. I'm not sure. Well, the elevation yeah. is not the same. It, it it looks like you know miles four and five. There was a little. It wasn't as much of a climb as it was uh, the year before. But yeah. 2018, that's, those sections there got really nasty. Mm-hmm. Really from mile one through five was a, was just a, a separator. But the people that went into those came out of those in the same positions. They were just feeling good coming out or they're feeling trash coming out. But no one really made moves through there because nothing lasts for too long. So again, mm-hmm. it reiterates that just like Asheville, people have to commit to a pace early and then they have to hang on and pay for it all day long. And the reward is you can get away and hold on to a spot. Yep. And if, if I look at this right here, it says 4826 elevation change in 2018 and about 4300 in 2019. So I would anybody heading into this expect more than 4000 feet of climbing. Um, and it says average slope is about 10%. Yeah, it's so and interesting because it doesn't misleading. It doesn't feel yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. That that average slope, the problem there is that you run alongside a highway 
or some sort of park road for a while, and then you run a and couple fire roads. Yeah, and they're but but too. they're like at two and four percent for a while, both up and down. And then you spend a lot of time between twenty and thirty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not run. It's not like West Coast U.S. runnable stuff. It's more like watch your step. Here's another rock. Here's it's a lot of bushwhacky and a lot of yeah, bushwhacky. picking your way through stuff. 2017, yep. 2018 in particular, like it was like they w took you through the brush a lot more. 2019, I don't remember being as much like through just like the thick sticks and leaves and things like that. 2019 was runnable for the most part. Yeah, and I think that was reflected in who was up in that lead pack for a long time in 2019. That technicality early breaks some people's stride. Rhythm runners were not broken out of the pack in 2019. They got to just go. They weren't. They weren't broken up. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like we're going to have a couple of people who are coming. A lot of the same athletes will be back, but we're going to be missing some too leading into this. Jack, could you take us through some of the people, who, mo some of the most notable athletes who aren't going to be at the the draft? Yeah, at the draft um, at the so, race. They're not at the draft, so they're definitely not at the race. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so if I look at the uh, the women's side, you're not going to have Ariel Fitzgerald. She's having border issues coming over from Canada, and she was fifth place last time. Um, that's going to be pretty disappointing. Emma Cook Clark, fifth place from Asheville, same deal. Uh, she's not going to be running as well. So it would have been really interesting seeing them in the uh, the lead pack as well. Um, Rhea will not be there. Uh, Nicole and Rebecca obviously um, have done well here in the past. They won't be here. Uh, and Faye Stenning will not either. So missing a lot of big women's names. Um, and Morgan Schultz, she got ninth place a couple of years ago. And she, I saw a picture of her with a boot on her foot. So looks like she's injured, um, unfortunately. So a lot of big names who will not be there. Um, and then on the men's side, Angel Quintero, he's had a top five before here. Forrest Bogue um, dealing with some sciatic issues. Johnny Luna Lima will not be here. Hawk Call uh, won't as well. Um, Chris Brown, Robert Killian, uh, he's won here before. Ryan Kent has had second place before. They will not be here. VJ Jones as well. Um, and one one guy who I really wish that he was there, Josh Reedinger. I think this would have been a fantastic course for him. Um, he's he's super fit right now, but he's actually staying in Durango, Colorado, for a little bit longer. Um, he, he so, was supposed to do this freaking race is like, that was, was like, the, that was the race he's going to do. And then all of a sudden he just like gets in his truck and drives to Colorado. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah. that's, that's a, yeah. that's a Josh thing to do. Now he just Definitely. can't. He said he's going to do Tahoe though. Maybe. Yep. Yep. A lot of big ones there. I would have loved to see VJ at this course too, especially after last one. And then with a, with a beast distance, like I think yeah. it would have been really fun. I don't know if you caught it, but we asked him if he would give us his post race breakdown. So we had done a, an episode on how to do your after action report and what to take away and what to focus on. And we said it's really easy to do as the people who don't do great or win. But what does the winner take away? And he gave us his post-race breakdown, a really honest, detailed look. I was really impressed with that because a lot of people would play that close to the chest. But his takeaway was that he didn't push hard enough after he knew he had it won. Mm. But on the plus side, he thought he could hold that effort for at least another 5K. Mm. And I don't think there were many people on that course who thought I could have done that for a while longer. So <sighs> I think he's ready for a beast, but man, do I respect him for not leaving his plan. He is sticking to it. And because of that, he's going to be a multiple time world champion when, when it's all said and done, but he's not rushing it for anyone. How many of us could win a national series race and avoid the temptation to go do the next one? 
I think Johnny did that last year with West Virginia, but that's about that's the only time that I can remember someone winning and then not showing up for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, West did, Virginia was the last one and Tahoe was next and it made sense. Yeah, Johnny right. had won two mountains. He's the mountain yep. man. He's going to get ready. It ultimately exactly. didn't pan out, but I and understood it was in, that one. It was the US, it was the Noram Championship. It wasn't even part of the series yeah, at that right. point. So a lot of people yeah. skipped out. A lot of the West Coast athletes did skip out yeah. in 2019 because it didn't necessarily right. matter for the series. But you are um, right, Jack. Good call on that. And this is, I mean, that's something that is new that's happening, right? And do we attribute this just because people are being smarter with their training or is it just because like they've just seen kind of how Spartan operates and they're just like, eh, if I, I don't need to be at all these races because like, what is it actually going to do three, for me? Like, three out of five scoring, that definitely changed things this year. Um, assuming the that Big Bear actually happens or, you know, th- with what's going on in California right now. But um I do think VJ has been super intentional. He said it. He's like, 3K is my focus. He said that last year before the season got canceled. That's what he wanted. And I think it's a shame that um, John Alban might not be able to come over because I would have put my money on VJ in the 3K, as crazy as that sounds. I don't think 15K Alban's going to lose, but I think this is the year VJ was going to take him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. We, we will see. I mean, he's doing all he's doing all the things. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against him. That's for sure. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get into the draft part. So last uh, at the Asheville race, the final scores was I ended up on top with 34 collective points. Jackie had 39. Bracken, modest 52 points coming in. Improved. Just like Spartans coverage. He improved. An improvement. Sli- sliding up. Yeah. So the first time was maybe like a D. This is maybe like a D, D plus. Uh. So, so, so the records now, Jackie, you're at t- at tied at the top at two and two. I am also two and two. Yep. Bracken. Winless. No, no, no. Oh, we're three and one. Three and one. Oh, you're right. I went three two and and one. Week one. You went two. Right, and right. We're three yeah. and one. Okay, that's right. That makes the gap. Not. That makes the gap even yeah. even a little bit further. That's right. Um. So let's go over the rules real quick. If it's your first oh, time joining, um, how about tiebreaker? How are we, how are we going to deal with that? Let's say the end yes. Of the yes. So say at the end of the season, when, and we haven't really said when that's going to be or what, like, because we'll have to figure out what we're going to do with like Tahoe and the, and the OR and uh, yeah, yeah, World of World Champs and all that. What all matters? Yeah. Yeah, because in a typical cross-country – so the scoring has been based off of cr- cross-country, right? Like that's how we've done everything. But in a cross-country season, there is usually like a tiebreaker. Maybe it's head-to-head, but usually they just race, right? They just race, yeah. and whoever wins that race wins. There's no need for a tiebreaker in terms of – The tiebreaker, the winner. It would be like the state meet or something like that. Yeah, so you guys just have to race. Yeah. So we'll just race. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. all it's – yeah, yeah. Um, but like – mile. Okay. That would be a good race. I'd be fine with that. It'd be a good meeting ground. It would be a good meeting ground. Yeah, because I beat you in the beer mile last time. You did. You had gloves on. I I wasn't wearing gloves. You were at elevation, but I wasn't wearing gloves. I had to mess up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. A beer mile is the – and well, Bracken, you're in this too, so beer mile for you. What's your? Do you have a beer mile score, Bracken? 542. Is this true? I'm claiming that, but it's one of those nights that you can't really take – (laughs) <laughs> did I time myself correctly? Type of <laughs> was it in college? When was yeah, that college? That's really strong. That was probably Again, one of the best in the world at the time. I don't know if that could have been a six forty two, but the number that sticks in my head. Can you oh. trust it if it happens at two a.m.? I don't know. <laughs> it's not so outrageous without clothes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's classic. One of those like nice. college cross country stuff. So no, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a PR that I can claim with 
total confidence. You have a hand time, not a, not an FAT time for your mile. Not even that. I have a, my buddy heard about a guy who did this at practice one day kind of time. <laughs> so no, no. So, um, okay. And it's fair across the board, a beer mile to, well, that, that. this is great. what a lot of people wanted the punishment to be for whoever gets last. I don't think maybe. this can solve it. <laughs> what for, for the time? No, we, we have to go to something about uh, cumulative points. I would say, I guess we could do that. Cumulative points for the entire because that shows consistency over the course of the season. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that I say that knowing that it only hurts me. (laughs) It does. You're gonna have to win some first. You're gonna gonna have to win some first. Yeah. You Um, get like 300 points over the course of the season, and you know that that's that will be your score, and whoever has higher or lower than that. Yeah. A lot of races left. A lot of races left here. Um, Bracken, could you give us a rundown for the rules? One, just for the listeners, and two, just so we understand, just so we know that you understand. How how we're playing? I don't know the rules. <laughs> Are you talking about like how we pick and the rules of the yeah? Just tell, just like just tell, tell yeah, the whole deal, stuff. sneak draft. No, this is a Jack Bauer job. I'm not I'm not bogged down by details. <laughs> I'm an ideas man. I just want to be sure. Rich, you do it. I'm gonna prepare a couple more things in my spreadsheet. Just so want to make sure it's fair. Okay, so we draft. We do it in any order. It's we picking. We're picking ten total athletes: five men, five women. But we can pick them in any order that we would like. At the end, we score up our top seven uh, cross country uh, style. So we just add up the total places of uh, the finishing of each athlete, and the lowest score wins. That's really it. That's good. Yeah, I think that's really it. So. One caveat with it being a fantasy draft is that we do have a keeper and we take keepers from our previous team that we drafted and then we get to move them in onto our team. And that's where we get to, uh, and that takes place of where we selected them in the previous draft. Um, so if I would have drafted, um, who, whoever <laughs> Alicia Cuker, who, who didn't get drafted last time, who's one of those surprise, surprise top 10 finishes at, um, Asheville, who we didn't necessarily know or talk about. She finished 10th. She's not coming this time, but if I would have drafted her with like my last pick, I would then get to keep her with my last pick this time if I, if I wanted to. So um, a caveat with that is that if we keep an athlete twice, they then are our first pick overall. So like the example for me would be Annie Doobie, like, cause I've drafted her like in the fifth round and Utah I was able to keep her with the fifth pick last time. If I wanted to keep her this time, she would be my first pick. Which isn't, like bad. Which isn't bad. Um, okay, so let's talk about keepers. Yeah. Uh, Jack, who are you going to keep? I need to find my roster. Okay, so. Last yeah, why don't we throw the roster up? Throw it over my face while Jack talks. Yeah. Is it really taking up, cutting you out? I see everybody. No, I see, I see everybody. It should be good. But Okay, so last, last draft pick. Um, so this is the the Utah draft right here. Um, my team, I had Ryan Atkins, Veerman. Uh, that's, that's, that is Utah. That is crap. Where's Asheville? You have one job. I, I wrote the wrong one. You have right, one geez. job and several there, spreadsheets. If you guys know who you're going to be uh, keeping, just go, go ahead and talk. Cause you, you probably remember your, teams well Bra- bracken you had a very distinct strategy last time oh, the strategy Come, is generous i'm curious if you're going to keep it com- coming around this time <sighs> no i've i've failed back to back weeks and so the only thing to do 
is to hit the panic button and throw everything out, clean house and start over new with a totally different strategy. So I'm going to have a different strategy. Will I keep someone? Maybe. But I'm definitely going to have a new strategy for, for drafting. Okay. Well, are you going to keep somebody who would you like to keep? It's, it's your oh, time is it on me? It's time to peek. To, Jack yeah, didn't know I'm, his I'm, keepers. I've got him right here. So, all right, Bracken, who, who are you going to keep? Here's your team. Hmm. I can't not, right? Can you? You don't need to. I'm keeping Lindsey Webster. Oh, you can't no, do that. No, we can't keep it has the first to be two rounds. It has to be not the first two rounds. You screwed oh, this one up last time too. I thought this you is- said I misheard you. I thought that you could keep someone but give up your first, but it's only if you're keeping them back to back weeks that you and, give up your first. You and that was something they talked about last time. You can't. No, I'm. And the first two rounds, you can't keep anyone from the first two rounds. Then we're going fire sale. We're totally starting over. I'm keeping no one. No keeper. All right. Fresh team, Rich. All right. Who you got? Here's your team. I am going to keep um, Ashley Heller. Ashley Heller. Oh, not huge, a bad eighth round pick. Huge so. eighth round pick finished fourth overall. I was thinking yeah. about keeping Batteris. You guys have disrespected him twice now in, in two drafts, and I've been able to grab him. So I assume you will disrespect him okay. once more, and I just assume I'll get him later in the draft. Be like how um, I have. Also, are, are we doing it for the order? Or are we doing me first, Bracken second, and then you third? Yes, because that is something else that's happened with the draft is that the middle drafter – has won the the match. I'm having a tough That's time with not the why we're doing it. It's just the only order that hasn't been used. Let's and not make it like given a, a government handout to me. Yeah. We just want to make sure it's fair. We just want to make sure it's fair here. No keepers right. for Bracken. Jack, who are you keeping? My team, I wish Chris Bound. I, I never heard back from him. Um, he's in he's overseas. He's doing CCC, I believe. Oh, yeah. Then. Okay. Uh yeah. No, I'll do a fresh fresh slate also. No keepers. Oh my goodness! No All right. All right. I would. I, I had one month for you that I would have kept. I think. Okay, that's all right. Fine. All right. I, I will get the uh, the rosters up right here, and then we'll start. So I guess I'm I'm number one pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Lindsay Webster, um, regardless. So might as well just place her. You're not worried. You're not worried after the, the close the close finish last time. I I, I think that you just want Lindsay to follow the three. So. No, I'm just asking. Um, okay, so teams. No, and Lindsay I'm did. Um, Lindsay I'll, I'll did win in 2019, there. right? In 2018, she did not win. I believe so. 18 was the year. 19 was so, the year she was in a battle with Nicole and pulled away late. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was a right, battle. Here, yes, in in 20 last last year they were so far ahead. I think Lindsay and Nicole both finished in the top 10. Um, and they traded off and it was like 12 and a half miles even. And then the last mile, Nicole started, she tripped and then the new race kind of fell apart at the end. But yeah, anyway, that, that's my pick. Uh, Bracken, number two. I opened up Instagram several times this last, these last two weeks. And the same theme kept hitting me in the face over and over is that Ryan Atkins is just getting faster, spending time in New York, training with all these runners. I think he's going to be an absolute handful out on course. So I'm going to take Ryan Atkins. Old it's, gone, it's gone chalk. This That was the chalk pick last time when I had him and it didn't, didn't pan out. He wasn't doing the track work before that must've been an eye opener for him. Do you think well, what, he mentioned, uh, you know, just kind of like Bracken with your takeaways after the race, he kind of did a post like that. And he was like, takeaways, I need to get faster on the, the shorter flat stuff. So 
I think he was listening as well. And the race was only a couple of weeks ago, but that type of speed can kind of come pretty quick. If you're going to yeah. get any type of adaptation in a fast bout of things, that's going to be, that's going to be it. So yeah. keep in mind, he ran almost nothing leading into Utah because of whatever he was dealing with. He just did a ton of bike volume. So all his running is hitting right now. It's all, it's all going to start to show. And he's been running some track sessions, running some three minute and under thousands. I mean, he's, he's tacking that speed onto an engine that's already so big. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good pick. So overall, good pick. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go woods here. I mean, this is, this is course. I mean, he's been, he's been, he's done well here several times. One the defending champion at this course. Um, so Taking Woods. Can't say much. I, I would have picked Woods ahead of Atkins, honestly. On this wow. Yeah. Well, you that's why so? I'm 0-4 and you're not. <laughs> They're going to be close, no doubt. But yeah. This is the first year he hasn't been one of the favorites. Like, the favorite, maybe. And yeah. he's plugging away. He's having good races, good consistent races, right? Like, he's not running away from it how he had in previous years of the U.S. National Series. How, like, he had that one season where he started in, what, Monterey? Was that 18 where he just, like, yeah. was blasting people? Like everybody, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing, you know, a couple years older when, mm -hmm. when you get to that to that level. Um, but he's still able to do it. It's a good course for him. Um, longer distance, I think will be good for him. So I'm yeah. um, with woods here and I'm going to take any doobie on the way back just cause it makes sense here. And yeah. I want on the team and yeah, there's just like, she's just really established herself as the person who's going to contend with, with Lindsay. And she isn't afraid. She has great momentum. Uh, I think longer courses are actually a little bit better for her than after how well she did in, um, the super, um, the obstacles are going to be wet. She doesn't really miss obstacles. That's what that's what the whole field in uh, Asheville is like. I think only Annie and Ashley Heller were only two in the top ten who I think ran clean races. And I would assume the conditions are going to be pretty similar um, mm -hmm. for West Virginia. So Annie Dewey first. I can't blame you at all. Yeah, I think Rapid. I'm taking the clear pick next, which is Rose Wetzel. All yeah, right. yeah. Taking back. females, good. She's been back all year. She was back, you know, 2020, 2019 as well. But what's the knock on her? That the longer the race goes, the less of a factor she is. And what did she do in the first three hour race of the season? Yeah. You know, she, she's she's here. She can do this. Certainly right. she's coming off a win at uh Portland, I think, which is just a sprint, but you know, something to stay sharp. So I mean mm -hmm. fitness is there. Definitely. I like it. I'm going with another woman. I'm going Miriam Guillaume Yes. This is like a this is like yeah. an X factor here. Yeah. That this is Yeah. She she told me she sent me a voice message and she has an awesome French accent. Um, where she was saying that she's planning on racing the rest of the US races, um, or the US series after Asheville and she planned on being in West Virginia. I hope she shows up still. Uh she didn't yeah, confirm it again, but she told me you that haven't gotten recent confirmation. Yeah, what's how I is... tried, but she she didn't answer. She's she's was in like Costa Rica or something like that. But bottom line, she gets third and she, uh at Tahoe and she pretty much wins everything. Um and she's done well in Seattle. She uh she raced the US National Series rates a couple of years ago. Um what did she get? Second in second Jacksonville in Jacksonville this year. Like, yeah, this year. That's a no-brainer. Um, with her still on the board. And then I'm going to go Ryan Kempson. Kempson, mm. nice. I mean, what, what, he got 
third last year, was he? He was. I think it was in 2019. Woods, yeah. Atkins, Kempson. Um, this is his type of course. Like, just loves that nasty, not super runnable. He's used to the humidity living in the Northeast. So I think that's a good guy to put. I like it. And when I was looking at the, at the men's field, I was it was between Woods and Kempson for, for who I would have taken in that with that pick. And for the next two, I had he right up next to Botrus. I think they finished third, fourth last year here. Botrus has shown he can run here, unless Botrus might have faded towards the end. He, but he faded. He was in it. Most of it. Mm-hmm. He was right so. in the mix, but he ended up, I think, closer to 10th or 11th. Yeah. And I liked, I liked the, the Moxie. I liked his, his finish line interview. So I think he's yeah. there mentally. I'm going to take Botrus. Taking Botrus. Right. He was 10th last year, but like in a cluster. So could have gone anyway. Is he not in Hawaii right now? Didn't he just run? He ran the whole, yeah. But like, that's, that's my reservation with that. Like, that's not a short flight from California. Let me tell you, anybody in this field is okay with travel screw ups. It's him after what I saw in Asheville. Maybe he's just trying to make himself. Yeah. yeah. He's going to like go to Africa next time. Just like keep getting farther in Antarctica later on. Just keep travel issues. But that's a good, that's a good prediction, Jack. I'm sure it'll be right. Write it down. Yep. It'll be about as good as your pick so far. But my picks are good this year. This year, your, pick, uh, your picks so far. I have my no picks point. are good. Yeah, races are nonsense. That's true. <laughs> All right, Rich. back to back picks for me. Um, okay, so where are we? Huh. So I am going to go Tyler Veerman here. Okay. Solid. It's hoping to be around. Yep. You know, he's going to be coming down from Alton. I like it's his season in 2019 where he did the whole national series race. He raced well pretty much at any venue. I mean, we see him as a mountain runner now just because of the things that he's been doing. Um, I actually ran a, a, when I was in golden, I ran some Strava segment that he has the crown for, and it's something insane. I was like, I can't believe he ran this fast on this, on this course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he did really well in Ohio earlier this year. Um, similar terrain from what I've, <clears throat> I've seen as the course, like just kind of wet, humid, nasty area. I think he's just a gamer. I think he's just going to bring it. Yep. I think he's just going to bring it. Um, and then give me Mark Godet here to then. Nice. Yes. You left my pick alone. You can have it. Who give do you me want? Alex Walker. Take it. I was like, how's she still on the board? Oh my goodness! Is this the is this the week? This is, I, I think you set it up. Drafting females. Going. This is not. You have not that many dudes right now. I have two and two. That's that's oh. not that many dudes typically at this Drafting point. No, I don't forget yeah, the first week I did all guys. Dudes. The second week I did all girls. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think you did one girl and then you did all no, dudes after that. All dudes at the beginning. I remember that. Of no, the, the first, first time, Utah, but in for oh. Asheville, I went women, women, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I don't think that was the case. And this I, time, I'm doing equal opportunity. There we go. That's the as as it should be, and then we'll see how uh, see how that plays out for you. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, so okay, but yeah, yeah I, I cut you. I was so excited to get Alex that I I didn't let you talk about Mark Gaudet. So give me give me give me your take on how you think he solved the off road broken rhythm running combined with his ability to run a beast distance. 
I mean, the longer grindier stuff, like we talked about before, this is going to be a course for a well-rounded grinder. And I mean, Mark has all of those things. Like he can run really well on flats. He can do hills. He can't, like, it's just the terrain piece that is honestly is what's been, been slowing up the most. I know he's been spending more time on trails and this course, it isn't incredibly technical that it's going to take you out from a one technical piece. I think he's just well-rounded enough that this kind of course will do really well for him and hopefully get some long carries in the mix, something that's nasty there. And uh, I think it just sets up really well for him. Yeah. Uh, Brad, and how about for Alex? Alex is a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, I had her and Rose tied in my mind in terms of if it were like Vegas odds. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a little disrespectful to Rose, which is why I took her first, but I'm happy to get both of my second round picks out of the way. Alex by the fourth round. hot and humid living in Texas and she's been in a role all year. I, that was, if you didn't pick her hundred percent would have been my next pick. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is going to hurt you, Bracken. I'm going Kirk. Nice. But I had to take want, him. Yeah, no, he, he's, he's definitely, he told me that this is his a race of the year. Um, and with Abu Dhabi, but I, I feel like what he's done in these longer races and he, he's performed well in, uh, in West Virginia in the past, but just his training block leading up to here, I think he's, his engine's massive. Um, and he's used to these, this sloppy, nasty or humid terrain. And I, I think he's gonna, he could probably get top five in my opinion. Um, this is a big time then, a race for him too. Wasn't, isn't he, doesn't he had this one circled? This like, is the one that he wants. Yeah. And then my next pick, I'm going Logan Broadbent. Ah. It was about time. Yeah. 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 Two of them, I'm I'm very happy to see them on the board at this point. Yeah. He'll do great on this course. Logan's going to do really well on this course. No doubt. Yeah. What what did he get last year? He he was. uh, He's ninth in 18 and 19, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So right up there would have been a. And same kind of thing. He's a well rounded runner, not going to miss obstacles. Like. Mm -hmm. Like he likes the longer things. Utah wasn't a great course for him because of, he lives in Ohio. Um, but West Virginia is going to be good. I like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bracken. This is where uh, it starts to get murky for me, but I'm going to take Faye Morgan. Okay. Super consistent. She's having a great year. Her really year start. Her year started off a little bit slow, um, with where she's been finishing. But like the U.S. National Series races have been great for her, and she just cleaned up in Monterey. She like crushed everybody there. Yeah, um, I'm hoping she's coming off a high rather than fatigue off of her last weekend of racing. Yeah, I, I think that I think she just does like to race. I think she just yeah. races often, so I think she can do that. Yep. Great. And she, she's always around the eight to ten mark, so that you're going to get good points there. Rich, back-to-back. Back-to-back. All right. Great. Great, great, great. I'm going to take Casey Monroe, who has just been – what has she been? Sixth? Yeah. She's stepped Twice? She's been sixth. Yeah. yeah, she's been sixth in both the races, I think. Might have to check where she was in. But, yeah, just a gamer. Um, is going to come with it no matter what. If she runs a clean race, she'll be right in the mix. She's not going to back down. And I'm going Lauren Weeks. I like it. I considered her. That was my pick. Give me Lauren Weeks coming down from altitude. Just tough. Again, doesn't care. She's going to stick her nose in it. As talented as anybody in this. Um, Like what she did in Utah on that course, she got what, seventh or fifth? I'm getting it all mixed up. She was top 10 in Utah and like 
and I'm really impressed by how she's been able just to kind of transition over into it. So I'll be interested to see how it goes at uh, a sea level race where the obstacles might be a little bit more wet, but she did do at the Spartan games. Those were like wet obstacles there. I think Mm -hmm. she did fairly well. She also did really well on that, you know, six hour run. She can run East coast trails based on how she was doing there. Yeah. She's not from Utah, right? She's like, she just lives there now. New New York to like Las Vegas. And now she's in Utah, but yeah, she's been all over the place, but yeah, just a good athlete. Yep. This next man is near and dear to my heart. He's never finished well here. But he had a great race going until Miss Spear one year. I'm going to take Brian Gowiski. Oh, All man, right. So that's your boy. Oof. Yeah, that's a good pick at this point. Yeah, I think I think his uh, stock dropped <laughs> recently. but After getting dusted by Kirk. In the yeah, Kirk, yeah. yeah, Kirk did that single-handedly. Yeah, I think that really lowered uh, you know voter confidence in him. But yeah, he's still yeah. my boy. That's your yep. boy. I like it. Like All how right. is he? How is he doing the longer stuff historically? Hit or miss. Yeah, he has some great some great races and some that he's just not on. But when he has his days, he's always in the mix and can can hang on with anyone. He he was about a minute behind Logan, Mark Batras, Mark Gaudet, and Kirk or Chris Brown last year. So totally can can bust out a good race. Yep. Um, all right. With my pick, we're sleeping on a few people here. I yeah. think so. There's still well, some I'm, good I'm ones keeping, out here. I'm do, I'm keeping one of them for round seven just to make sure my keeper next time. Um, I'm gonna go Ashley O'Hara for the women. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, she proved, she got eighth place a couple of years ago in uh, Jacksonville, and people were like, "Okay, that was a fluke because not everybody showed up." Then she gets fourth earlier this year. I know she's run some like 50ks and stuff. Um, and done really well. Um, I she was eighth at Utah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to see you're still. And then Aaron Newell, I can't believe he's still out here. I know he's not in the best shape. He ran a 17, 19, 5K last week, but he got fifth last year. And if he's around with the 19th pick, I'm going Aaron Newell. I could, that could have been a wild card right there. That's a good wild card if with your. Yeah. That assumes neither of you would have taken him in the next 10, though. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm worth a waiver for Aaron. I, as someone who's gone through leg surgery semi recently, I'm rooting for him, but I remember where I was at physically at his point in recovery after mm-hmm. surgery and how I felt about my half marathon endurance when I ran 1711 or 1717, something like that in a 5k. And I knew that I was in trouble. So I think he's just, he's building for next year, but I really would, nothing would make me happier than for him to do well coming off surgeries. Yeah. He's going to go hard. He's going to go as hard as he can. And that's for damn sure. All right. Bracken, you are up. You have three of each gender so far. I'm going to take Brent trail. Solid. Brent trail has been uh, doing everything right, except winning. (laughs) he's been in races on people's shoulder for a long time, but he just hasn't yet shown up on a podium or a top five at a major race that people were noticing. But Brent, I've been noticing and I believe you're ready. (laughs) Pep talk to get you up there. The, I was really happy to see how he did run in Asheville. Like he went out with it. He did end up missing some obstacles or at Mm -hmm. least, at least multi-rig. Right. And that kind of just really 
uh, derailed his race. But he was in the mix. The way that I haven't seen him really mix it up in the past, like at least year and a half or so. So I I think this year he's been doing that. He was in the mix in in Jacksonville for a bit. He threw him. He's been throwing himself into races. Yeah, and that mindset you can't fake that. Yeah, so I like it. He messaged me afterwards. He's like, "Sorry for letting you down because I picked him pretty high last time and." He was like, I'll try to do better next time. So I was hoping it'd be around next round, but I, I went with Aaron instead. <laughs> well, you didn't get him. So I'm up. Nope. I, I just get one here, right? Correct. Because Ashley, you locked in. Because Ashley's locked in. Top five last time with my eight in the eighth round. I fourth like pick, it. Fourth place last race, and you locked her in at 22nd overall. That's a pretty solid move. Value. I'm taking Hosek. Ian Hosek. That's as good of a value pick as you can yeah. get in the seventh round. That's a keeper next time. Yeah. Much dis- disrespectful. I mean, he's done. He's been top 10 at this race in the past, mm-hmm. I believe. Where was he? I have it up here. I think he was ninth. Uh, whoops. Crap. I I think he's seventh. Um, oh, seventh. Not. 2018. Yeah. 2018 was right. seventh. And he didn't come out in 2019, right? Um, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just hope he's, he's rounding, rounding into shape, you know, Again, tough. He'll be able to mix it up. Mountain hill type courses he usually does well. So mm-hmm. value. I'm just not buying his fitness this year. He's not. He's not looking the same. And I know he'll be back. He just. He seems to be in the left column of one of two ways people went during COVID. I don't know if he concentrated on family or business or if he was set back by injury, but he doesn't have the level of fitness we're used to seeing in him. <laughs> The in the 2019 season, he did an amazing job of of peaking. Yes. Like he really had things dialed in where he showed up in the early races and um didn't do that well. He did, however, do a lot more races in the mountain series last year. So maybe it's just a, a matter of rate getting a little bit more race experience under his belt. But he's been shown later in the year to 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 really improve over time. So he was only like a minute behind VJ in the Colorado Springs Super, which was a very, very flat course. And then he just missed the podium behind Kent and Veerman on the sprint the next day um, within like a minute of VJ as well. So I think he's sne- he's sneaky fit right now, but I think he's rounding into form. And this yes. might be the first time we see a good him looking like himself. Yeah. yeah. And he's planning on doing the OCR World Championships, right? So like he's been getting so his training is probably a little bit more speed oriented. I think at this point, if he's preparing for a 15. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it will be similar. I mean, cause it is what's in Stratton. So, I mean, not incredibly different from West Virginia. Similar. So deeper, longer deeper. climbs. Yeah. 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 I'm taking them. And then take him. I take them. Yeah. All right. And then Ashley's back in. So yep. Bracken back to you. Uh, I, I, I got to take Natalie. Yeah. All right. She's she's been like Ian, but mo- definitely because of injury that she just hasn't been herself. But the year's going on. She's getting races under her belt, and I'm always a Natalie fan. So yep. I can't not pick her at this point. She's a value pick. There was a clip of her doing Olympus, I think, on Spartan's Instagram, and she was fighting her ass off. It became clear like halfway through like it wasn't going to happen, but like there was no no quitting. <laughs> no stopping her from getting there. So, I mean, she's going to compete all the way through. So yeah. and when you get her, when she's fit on a good day, she can run with anyone in this field. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe Lindsay's gone, 
But I think that on a good day, it's not a shock if she goes if she takes third. I agree. If her fitness is there, she's gonna she's gonna stick her nose in it. She's gonna be there. It's like her and Mark, they're just gonna be in the race. And if it goes well, it's gonna do so. You got that good combo there. I like it. That's good value. All right. uh, another good value pick. I'm gonna go Jamie Brusa. Nice. At worst, she'll get twelfth place. uh, That's that's for sure. I'm, I'm confident on the scoring there, but she was actually, I think, the fourth highest scorer of the returning women um, from last time. So feeling pretty good about that. Um, so it looks like all of us have four men, four women at this point. So we each need one more of each gender. Um, nice job drafting, guys. <clears throat> yeah. And my last pick, I'm going to go Ken Crigliano, Air Force Ken. Air Force Ken. I was yeah. actually going to ask if I could draft him and one other guy at the same time. But apparently that's not going to be allowed. That, that, uh, that would never be allowed. How could that ever? That <laughs> I, I was going to have a rationale. I was going to play to sympathy, but I'll save it for another draft. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But Ken, I think he, he was just outside the top 10, maybe like a minute or two behind uh, Mark Gaudet, Batras, and Kirk and stuff. So I think this is a good venue for him. He was just in Hawaii as well, though. Um, and also, he I, I talked to them last night, and he said Rachel, his wife, uh, is not going to be there because they can't get a babysitter, and he was the one who lucked out of the two of them to be able to race this time. Um, so if anybody can babysit his kids, maybe Rachel will show up and should be a good wild card. Lost. Yeah, I remember uh, I, I, I was watching this, but I had something to say about Ken. I was in the race where with Ken at uh, in 2019, and he mm-hmm. does – he is really freaking good at obstacles. Like he's yeah. one of the like I don't think many people can make up a ton of ground, especially in like a beast distance on obstacles. Um, but he goes for it. He, he sure freaking tries. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think I lost him on the swim. I think I was. I think that's where he. He's came. a really good swimmer. Also, I remember going to a battle frog in Florida, and he was on the start line, and he had goggles, kind of like Yatsko that one race. <laughs> um, and he just got there. We're like, what the heck? I, I knew who he was, but he's like, yeah, you guys don't know this course. There's a lot of water, and he, he wore him and clearly do well that swim in 2019 was like a real ass swim bracken was like that in 2018 five minutes it took forever that ruined my race because i was like i'm gonna kick as hard i was like i'm gonna swim as hard as i can i just like did i just didn't think about what it was gonna do to my legs when i got out and as soon as i got out i felt fresh but then i was cramping immediately because my and like in my hamstrings just because it was i was just so dead yep all right bracken you pick i want to take a flyer here and I'm torn between Josiah and Sean. We don't know about either of them, correct? No, that's why I, I can confidently tell you Josiah will not be there because I saw an Instagram post earlier today that he said he was hosting a cross country fundraiser in Vail this weekend. Okay, so I would avoid that. Maybe it's from Vail to West Virginia. I'm going to take Sean Roberts, knowing full well he probably doesn't show up. All right. Do we have status update on on what's going on where he is with Spartan? no he's just not gonna do these no. races now that was a gut reaction i'm hoping i think so too he'll probably just like, be like i'm back yeah. in the moment jack did you message him and tell him like hey that really kind of screwed my fantasy team when you just like didn't score for me or just walked off yeah i was like see? i could have beat rich but I, I mean it was a tall order for someone like that to come from a wedding to go to a race i personally That's- wouldn't have even tried that so like props for him for even like coming out yeah, he basically pulled a Mark Batras, just like showing up under very, very not good travel circumstances. And Batras, I was going to say, off, he pulled an Isaiah of the only two people I know who have actively yeah. walked off an elite course not due to injury. 
I, that I mean, happen in the sport. Out of just frustration track, for obstacles. But, yeah. But that is, that is like a track, track and field, like marathon or more per like yeah. mindset, which I the have kind of brought time in the marathon. Yeah. Yeah, if, if it's not your day, it's not your day. Like you can just like cash it and, and focus on training. Like I don't hate that idea in general, you know, that it's like, Mm-hmm. All right, like, hey, if it's not your day, you got all this stuff. Don't is it, are you doing more harm than good here? Like having a more zoomed out. But yeah, it doesn't happen that much in OCR. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, Rich, you are up. Nice. One of each gender left. All right. Um. All right. Okay. I'm gonna take Michael. Mike Swazo. I think it's Swazo. We hit, we went back and forth yeah. on this. I thought I heard it said somewhere else. And I thought Sauzo. You were just taking it from yeah, what? S-U-A? There's no way. S-A-U-Z-O would be Sauzo. I'm going Swazo. Like Swazo. Just because I just because I know a kid who spelled it like that and he said Swazo. Doesn't mean anything. He wasn't the smartest kid ever. Not saying that about, about Mike, but the other kid that I know. Not the, not, not, yeah. I'm not. I want him on the team. I had him on the team last time. And I'm taking Miranda. Miranda Kaplinski. I cannot believe she is at here at this at this pick. She was like eighth in the last thing she has just been cleaning up you guys gave this to me this might have this may just be the entire season that i've just now like taken from you guys by you leaving here for this last bit i'm gonna gonna keep her next time too because she's gonna do so well and with my last pick i i thought you were gonna keep her jack I, I was considering it, but I think that I had her in like round six or seven, and I wanted to have the chance of getting like an Aaron or a Brent Trail. So that was my logic. All right. You now I have torn. like a 10th and 11th place finish on the men, then Very a 7th on the women. I don't, I don't know. I'm torn here between. Let, let's see. You have, you have Kelly Sullivan and Tiffany Palmer. Do you know if Tiffany's coming? She did not no. get back to me. And so I'm just going to go with her. I'm taking wild cards in my last two picks. Okay. Three stra- you're going to have three straight wild cards after the wild card pick. Okay. Stop racking rolls. I like it. You're going Tiffany? Listen, I held true to form for eight rounds, and I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I had to get wild. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess I sneak back with the first wild card. Um Yes, because that was the, that was all the picks. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I have one. I have the thirtieth last final pick. Oh, okay, have, yeah, yeah. I have to pick a woman. Yeah. Um, you don't have all your men. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have. I have all the men. Um, okay, I'm gonna go Aaron Sunday because I think she was like the fifth or sixth fastest returning person um, on the woman's side who ran this course before. So, and that's a good did, value pick too. She did, she did really well. Um, she scored some points for me, and she was in my top seven in Utah. So yeah, she was not her. yeah, and she was ninth in um yep. at Asheville. I think is what yeah. Now I'm leaving Callie and Dixie Bonner off. I think the two of them are both going to have very good races. Um, with my wild card though, only because he's still on the board, I'm going to go Jordan Buscemi. Um, I feel like at this point he could do well. I think he got like 14th or 15th in the past. Who knows what happens? We haven't seen a whole lot of them this year, but I'm going to take a waiver on him. Nice mid, mid nice Midwestern boy. Yep. Bracken, how many times do you think you've raced? Do you, have you raced him against him like a million times being in the Midwest? Yeah. yeah, I have. See him a lot. Yeah. He's the, he's a stalwart in the area. Right, he wasn't Bracken. far, but he wasn't far behind you at your race in eight, 2018. What happened in that race, Bracken? Where was, I phoned it in. Yeah. Yeah. 
What was your fitness like? Uh, 80%, 85. Mm. Building towards Killington. <laughs> Killington was my A race that year just to try to go back and get on course. Uh, I went out after it and I sent it early, held on as long as I could, cracked, and then just kind of just dashed in. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Bracken. What, what's our status on Cooker? I do not believe she's racing. She's not coming. Alicia Kiker. So yeah. Cuker. Kiker. I'm saying Cuker. Cuker, dude. Uh, and give me Callie. All right. Solid pick. Um, if for some reason. I wore her socks yesterday morning running. <laughs> it's a good sign. Her. I should, send, there's send socks a fresh from pair. her. Oh, We've okay. gone over this, Jack. Bracken she, was, she Bracken was nice enough. Those that I know of. Maybe she pre-warm. Those are my Cali socks. All right. And, and Bracken, j- just because I didn't hear back, if for some reason Josiah does end up racing, I'll give him to you as the wild card. But based on what I saw, it does not look like he'll be there. I don't need handouts. I'm going right, to stomp fine. you guys without him. We, sure. keep tr- we keep trying to make this easier for you, Bracken. Yeah. <laughs> we keep <laughs> resisting. All right. All right. Wild card Rich, time. Last pick. I'm taking Chris Roglowski. Is she going to be there? As far as I know, like, I think it's in her plans. Um, oh, but she just ran, she, but she just ran a hundred mile race that took her 45 hours last weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. No, seriously. Yeah. So like, but I don't I, envy her. No. And like, oh that's like, her, that's like her shit too. She's so pumped about it. But like, she is as talented. Like if she gets to a race fresh, she's going to mix it up. She's not going to miss obstacles. She's been doing so well in Savage. Um, She's just learning running. She's really tough. I think that she could easily be in the top 10. I mean, she did just run that 100-miler, but I think she, we will see her as a podium threat like down the road in the near future for sure. Yeah. No, I, OCR Worlds would probably be a good race for her if she shows up there as well. But All right, let's do a recap. Rich, let's talk about your team. Let's talk about it. There you go. So I got – so up there I got – Woods, Veerman, Mark Gauda, Ian Hosick, Michael Suazo on the men. I got Annie, Ashley Heller, Casey Monroe, Lauren Weeks, and Miranda Kaplinski, and then Chris Roglowski on the wild card. Man, I was worried how this was shaping up on the women's side just because I – so I was thinking I was going to go – the men's field, it's not as deep as the women's, it seems, for this race, at least like which on – reverse of – Which is you know, tip, which races. is reverse. Yeah, so I figured like – trying to get a couple of guys early who would be in that top five contention is where I needed to be. So that's why I missed out on like the Alex walkers and um, the Miriams who I could easily put in there on the female side. Um, But I like my female squad, man. I think if you do well, Miranda plays. Oh yeah. That pick is going to be, it could come back to haunt us. Yeah. She could get fourth. I wasn't oh, no. fake excited about that pick. I was like, I'm like real no, excited <laughs> about this pick. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of people. I, I, I think probably Annie, your top three picks, Woods, Annie, and Tyler, they're probably going to be in, in podium contention. Um, the rest of your people, you're going to get a lot of in the five to 10 point range. So I think you'll have a pretty low score. How has it been playing out long? Well, let's recap first, then we can talk about like how. It, yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll, I'll do my team. Uh, so my women's team is pretty solid. I've got Lindsay 
Miriam Guillebosse, Ashley O'Hara, Jamie Brusa, and Aaron Sunday. Um, I'm pretty confident getting some low points at the top. I think yeah. Ashley O'Hara is going to have a great race. Jamie Brusa, we know she's going to be no worse than 12th because she's always right around 12th. Um, and Aaron's pretty solid as well. Um, men's side, Ryan Kempson, Kirk DeWint, Logan Broadbent, Aaron Newell, maybe uh, if, if he's feeling a little better, and Ken Kirgliano. I, I feel like same deal. Kempson would probably has the best chance of breaking through on this one. It's a good course for Kirk. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to, it's a pretty solid team. Your men's is really balancing on a fine, fine wire there. You've got, yes. you've got Aaron, who's always dealt with foot issues and is coming off of two calf surgeries. You have Kirk who's dealing with injury. You have Ken who's totally a wild card and Jordan as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I, I do hope Aaron does well, but in 2019, when he did do so well at this course, he was racing legitimately every weekend to like, to like build himself into, into shape. And yeah. 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 And like, um, but your top three could be in the top five, like yeah. Kempson, Kirk and, and Logan could all land on top. And you can get yeah. one, two on the female side. Do, do you want to know uh, when you just mentioned Aaron, um, I, I thought back to that savage race that he did a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That guy Ryan Brizalara, if he shows up, I didn't reach out to him. That guy could do some damage, I think, as well. He, um, it's hard to tell in races where there's not like top to bottom studs how good people are doing. He had the look of someone who's always running hard and attacking yeah. things. He hmm. looked legit throughout that. Yeah. If he shows like, up, he's top ten. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Has he done Spartans? I don't. I wasn't familiar. He's got a that- couple. He. He was within like a minute of Atkins, Kempson, Josh Reading, maybe two minutes, and Chris Brown when they did that. Um, Bethel, oh, in the New Northeast, race. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, he might be able to make that trip. I just the, the the Savage races are so weird, especially when it's just like, why don't they just start with that obstacle and then 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 run the race? What, but like, the fact is, he was still running away from people beforehand. So, oh yeah, he was dropping. I, I buy into him. Nice. He looked, he he looked, looked great. Good. On the, the light carry, but like he looked great on that. Very strong and didn't break down so late stage races hopping over stuff and accelerating out he he looked like someone who had more to give nice yeah i i, I probably should have yeah if i thought of him two minutes ago i would have gone with him could have tossed the wild card that's yep. a good wild card pick yeah and then bracken your team so you've got can you see this we may have lost him for a set. Yeah, right. you go so ahead and go, go over Bracken's Bracken. team on the women's side: Rose Wetzel, Alex Walker, Faye Morgan, Natalie Miano, Tiffany Palmer. We don't know about Tiffany, but we know what you're going to get out of Alex and Rose. Uh, probably top five, potentially a podium finish. Faye Morgan always up there at the bottom half of the top ten. Natalie could, you know, go either way. She could have a great race or probably finish in the the low single digit or uh, high single digits, low teens. Um, but yeah, that's a solid women's team, men's team, Ryan Atkins, Mark Batras, Brian Gawiski, Brent trail, and Sean Roberts, Sean Roberts shows up. That's, you know, you don't know where you're going to get, but that could potentially be a, a great finish. Atkins probably no worse than second. Uh, Mark Batras just got third, the race before Brian Gawiski always does great in the Southeast and Brent trail has just had a great season. So I think this is the best team on paper that Bracken has had so far. His women are solid. Like, yeah, with that yeah. Rose Alex punch up up top, and then um, you know, he could have four in the top ten, mm-hmm. five and five in the top ten, really. If Tiffany Tiffany Palmer shows up for this one. Yeah. Um yeah, I like it. I think that this is a competitive squad because yeah, Atkins is definitely gonna be tough on this one. 
I, I still kind of want to give Woods the edge right now. Uh, I know he won last. He didn't look like he was dying the whole time. I, and, and granted, that was 2019. He's two years older on the wrong side of 40. But I just how he's been running all year, Woods has looked really good. Um, and I think he like Atkins obviously loves this kind of train, but this I think this is going to be a very good course for Woods. Yeah, you figure the way he showed up last time. Like, yeah, he's just been consistent. He's been able to put in put in volume, and a longer course is going to be uh, yep. helpful for him for sure. Um, All right, sounds good. Well, I don't know if uh, Bracken's going to rejoin us, but I think this is probably going to be the best best week in terms of competitiveness because before it was like just beating a two-year-old against <laughs> he wasn't a competition at all um but I, I think he'll have a better showing this time yeah for sure we talked about some of the people who like i really do wish vj was at was coming out to this one that would have been great to, to see imagine if it, like vj and johnny were there it would just be like all right i've gotta gotta take a flyer on one of them no doubt um so just got word from just got word from bracken that his power went out his power went out okay um, yep, so, we'll, we'll, so we'll just continue to power on. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I probably have about 10 minutes left and then I got to hop over to work for sure. Got to, got to do that work thing. So overall, I'm excited, man. I think this is going to be a good course. What's up with the coverage. Do we know what, what, so, uh, we'll, we'll talk about yeah what's Spartan and what the live streaming and all that is, but I'll be on athletes. You better believe that. Uh, I probably will not be awake at that time because I don't really feel like waking up at 5 a.m. Eastern time. But the good thing is this is a beast. So maybe by the time I wake up, I'll, I'll just catch the ending. But it, it's always dangerous when you wake up and there's an East Coast race and, you know, you, you have seven Instagram messages and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> oh, crap, here, here come the spoilers. And you want every every single week. It's like, I'm going to wait until the live covers. I don't want any spoilers. I'm just going to see what happens. But it's impossible not to. It's like you got to you got to see those results. Just inundated on on social media, like yeah. it's the stuff I engage with, so it, it's what I get shown the most, you know. So as soon if I even just like, so I have to bit stay off of that as well. Um, speaking of social media, did you get in a fight with a meme page? I did. Yeah, I, I don't even know who uh, who's behind it. Little Fodium Energy, but um, he he just didn't. He had a problem with me for some reason because I in one of the uh, episodes with Matthew Davis, I I said that not all the stuff that he puts out is hilarious and you know you, you hit and you hit some you, you miss some but was that what the yeah. quote was was it that were those the exact words along the lines yeah i didn't say mm. like oh you're trash like because i think some of the stuff and what was funny. the and what was the con- i think it's funny too it, i think it's good yes. i think i think when there are like 27 of them on the same topic it's like okay you gotta you gotta pick and choose a little it's bit. about volume but, those yeah. those meme pages do you do you follow meme pages at all yeah yeah, that, that's pretty much all Instagram is to me anymore. Just stupid I, memes. I, yeah, I was gonna say just just stupid memes. That's but even if even out. if you follow something like Barstool or something, like they post like I don't know ten times a day. Like if I go back and try to find something that I saw from a meme page, you can't. It's just like yeah. gone in there. So I think that's just a way to kind of hack the algorithm a little bit more to make sure yeah. it's like. So you got you got to punch them out. Volume, volume, yeah. volume, volume. So Could you imagine I, having that on your resume? You're like professional meme creator for Barstool Sports. Like that's that's like your job description. What do you think? What do you think the how that reads on uh, a resume? They probably don't call it a meme, like creator, creator or something. It's yeah. like yeah, the head of, head of uh, digital content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, you make memes. Uh, yeah. Head of digital content. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I'm doing. You, you make you make up some fake role, or it's like if you're a 
uh, you know, self-employed worker, you're right. Like president of so-and-so company. It's like, well, you're, you don't have any coworkers, but yeah. Okay. You're the president of it. That's how I go with reinforcement. Right? I'm president, CEO, whole deal. Oh, right. If ever I go back on a yeah, shareholder, a head coach, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Whole deal. So who won that fight you. between, between, uh, the meme, the meme I don't page? Know, it, it was pretty, pretty solid. I think I had some good comebacks. He had some good comebacks. Um, or assuming it's the guy. I've, I've you made some memes, is. right? I did. Yeah. Nice. There was one that was like push the button and it's like, you know, uh, I'm sure you've seen that one where the guy, the superhero is just like, not sure which button he's going to press. And then it was like post a shitty meme or post a shitty meme. And it's like, where's like good. sweating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Were freaking out. But, and there, yeah. are there, are there places that you can just go and there's like templates of memes and you could just like, I'm like, sure, I'm sure there are, but I just typed in, you know, just like blank meme and you, you can just kind of check on Google and then I'll just, uh, type them in Microsoft Word or PowerPoint or something just to create it nice and easy. But I'm sure there are apps that are way easier than that. Also, yep. Are are people's feelings still hurt from what you said about everybody? Uh, I haven't heard any feelings hurt since then. I think I cleared the air. I think I did it professionally and having Nicole kind of come in. Oh, there's oh Bracken's back. Dark. That's the worst that your shoe wall has ever looked because normally it's impeccable. But the dude's um, by you gotta yeah, if you can light that up by candlelight, that'd be great. Have or if shoot. you had some of those cool like light up sneakers that the four year olds have. LA lights. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's what they were. Um Bracken, can you hear us? I see him. I'm gonna maybe type yeah. something to him. Anyway, so um, so we we're yeah, talking about I, you you're hurting people's feelings. Yeah, I I, I think that having Nicole kind of give her opinion also gave it a little bit more weight because if literally the the defending world champion says the same thing um i'm just proving it using data she's doing it based on her personal observations in the field and it's not an insult to say that you're in like the next tier it's, it's some, i think david megiddo was like it's the difference between being all pro and then second team pro bowl it's like you're still recognized as one of the best players in the league it's just there's a delineation between the top and then the next tier and it's just like, yeah, you're looking at it from an objective view. Yeah. It's not your opinion. It's like, and like, it's not like the, you're not doing what like the Spartan does for their rankings where someone just sits down and just starts writing out names. Yeah. Like I've seen the things that you do and it is a big elaborate whole thing. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with your brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the computer's yeah. brain. So that it's just like, it. it's just yeah. that, that, that data there. What, just, what, ju just think of you like uh, as a runner in the OCR community, as a pure runner, you're probably an A tier runner. Thank but you. If if you could, and same with like all the Decker races so far, it's like who's hanging with you? Not too many people. And even when a few more people give it a shot, your your mark in like the low thirties that's that's an A level mark. It's going to be very difficult to break thirty minutes in that race. But you look into in actual OCR, I'm sure that you're comfortable saying that you are not an A tier Spartan racer. You're the next pack. How dare not, you? Not not comfortable saying, it, but like you at least recognize it. I don't. I won't. Oh, okay. And I won't hear it from you. I it's won't hear this. A minus. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a minus at worst. But um, no, you're right. And it's just Here like too. it's it's yeah. almost that um you almost should have different names. Like like it should be a tier that is like banana and a tier oh, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. like light switch and just have it make no sense in what and <laughs> in, in, in anything. Yeah. Your your team your team turkey leg. And just like have them figure out what it is. Bracken's yeah. back again, kind of. Can you hear me? Bracken back. I can hear you. Again. A little bit. What happened? Slight lip delay on 
the audio. We have a, a storm that hit, and we have high winds, and suddenly power's just out, and it's been, I don't know, 10 minutes now. Power's still not back on. Oh, man. You guys got, got candles and flashlights? You should have the, um, yeah, like, underlit candle something for the shoe wall. Some sort I of should. Place. Yeah. I won't let a fire get around those babies, generated. though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We were I, talking I, about... Yeah, go ahead. I was just talking. We were just talking about Jack, how he's offending people. It got in fights with meme pages and the whole yeah. deal. Yeah, ba- basically what I said was the meme page. There are OCR meme pages. They're pretty funny. You don't follow the meme pages? No, I know they're. I I didn't question their existence. I said you got in a fight with one. No, I got. I woke up and I had like seven memes made about me. I'm like, what the heck? Where'd this come from? And then just kind of had to have some comebacks because I'm not gonna just lay there <laughs> fired wow. back at him yeah wow oh wow what a, what a very good video a twisted quality. twisted webby weave jack bauer <laughs> it is i gotta say bracken for uh your location like you always have fire trucks like all this crazy stuff going downtown now you have like the the power outage you have an eventful podcast location to, to be hosting from i sure do it's yeah. life in the city rich rich has to deal with it too i'm sure very much yeah very very much so yep um cool Brack. we kind of went over your team Do, give us uh give us your um your take on how you're oh, feeling i want to hear what you guys team. said <laughs> what was the general consensus we think it's this is going to be the closest uh matchup this entire year we're handing out trophies we're, we're handing out trophies to everyone this time and bracken you did so good this time it was so Thank much you. better than last i time. really tried i was a good tryer yeah <laughs> you tried I, so good I don't think I have many boomer bust people. I think I have a, a roster of, of athletes that we know are all going to be, I don't know. I think half of my roster will be top 10. Yeah. Y- yeah. And you won't have like those outlier ones. Like you had a couple like scores that really kind of brought your whole thing down. Like you're going to have like a, a solid seven. And like, there's a couple like, and if Sean Roberts shows up and if Tiffany shows up and does well, like that could really kind of play really well into it. So, but I definitely you know, have a very predictable team. You're going to get where you're going to get. I have four that can contend with anyone. Oh, yeah. Rose, Alex, uh, Atkins, Atkins, and Batris. And Batris. Yeah. Yep. So I'm happy with it. This is going to be the most well rounded draft that we've had so far from all three of us. So I think so, too. uh, Yeah. trophies for everyone everyone does so good all right we're gonna brack we appreciate you taking the effort to get back in the mix but we're gonna we're gonna call it at this one so yeah bracken's gonna be behind the mic so look out for him this weekend that's right ocr report bringing you coverage of the race and that's live as far as i know as of right now yes oh yeah there will be at some are you gonna have a co-host you just manning it yourself yancy culp oh wow that's gonna be an energetic booth Who's co- he's color? I guess. Are you offended to not be color? I think we're eschewing societal norms for this, and we're gonna we're gonna march to the beat of our own drums. Yeah. See how that goes. No. If, if it, yeah, I, I think that's a very very good booth right there. I would. Uh, you're probably not gonna you know have a Tony Romo and you, you know a specific where like he just comes in and gets in the mind of the quarterback. Um, I think that both of you are going to hop around between color and, and more detail from the player. I think so. I think we'll we'll bounce off each other well, but we're going to find out. That's for sure. <laughs> that yep. is for sure, and that's on their YouTube. So we'll 
we'll put links and all that and stuff like that. I need you guys to send me uh, a photo, more photos. I need to make graphics. Okay. So okay. Send some, send some Rich, I will say I'm disappointed you're not racing. Yeah. I understand it, but it's East Coast, Northeast. Mm-hmm. This this venue is an eight hour drive from anywhere, anywhere remote. Like it is not close to uh, really anywhere. Yeah, what is, is the best way to get into West Virginia? Flying to Charlotte, <laughs> right up the Durango whiskey. How far it's is it? My plan in the back. And what what is it like a four hour drive from Charlotte? I think so, three and a half or four. Yeah. So, what's the track? I this is my favorite course, hands down. Yeah, I love it here. Um, mm-hmm. So I would have liked to go. I was going to try to go and just be down there to watch but personal stuff you know eight hours is a long drive to just be a part to watch i know (laughs) i know i could have been down there with a camera you guys could give me a camera i could have been a rabbit for ocr report there's still time there is there is but i bet i can't make um well it's nice of you to offer all right (laughs) all right fellas well i appreciate you guys thanks for taking time this is so much fun and we'll talk to you soon ciao bellas see ya